0: Welcome to the Faith Element podcast for the December 17, 2023 session, focusing on 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 24, 24 24-7. I'm David Cassidy.
1: I'm Lacey Wondry. I'm Crystal Shepard.
0: And I'm Daniel Glaze. Okay, so maybe I didn't think that through, putting a title that's all numbers after the scripture reference, which ends in numbers. <laughs> so I end up saying chapter five, verses 16 through 24, 24, seven. It's
2: awkward. It's confusing.
0: Yeah, it's confusing. Sorry, listeners. It's, I think it's our first time to use an all number title. I like it. Anyway, anyway. Well, welcome, everybody. We are back today for another episode for the third Sunday of Advent. And we're excited that we have Lacey Wondry back with us again. Hi, Lacey.
1: Hi, David. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) We're so glad you're with us. Lacey was with us for the last episode. She has thankfully uh, joined us while Nikki is away. And we have really enjoyed having conversation with Lacey. If you want to hear a larger introduction about her, you can listen to the last episode. But she serves as the ministry coordinator at River Road Church in in Richmond. She serves with Daniel. We're glad to have both of you here. <laughs> Thanks to River Road for sharing you with us. Mm-hmm. It is a season of so many feelings, the season of Advent but one of them, I think, is it's important for us to think about, is the feeling of, of gratitude, a sense of thankfulness. So, for this season, for you, what are you giving thanks for? With
3: a kid in college, I am giving thanks that soon we'll all be under one roof again. The We'll get the band back together again. So I'm excited for my daughter to come home from college and enjoy the holidays with us. So that'll be good. That's what I'm grateful for and thankful for, though it hasn't happened yet.
1: (laughs) I'm thankful this year, especially my kids are three and five, that uh, I get to see the wonder of Christmas through their eyes a little bit more it felt like a whole lot of work the last couple of years with small babies and this year they are developing their own understanding and wonder and so to see that through their eyes has been a lot of fun especially now that they're all in school they're learning a lot of new things and
2: so I am looking forward to that mine's kind of the same I think just Watching my two-year-old start to, like, have wonder at things. He's a little too young to understand a lot. But, like, last year, he started to get interested in the Christmas tree and the lights. And, like, now when we've gone out to the stores with the Christmas trees up and everything, he's, like, pointing and talking. And so I'm excited and thankful to see His wonder and also watch the older children play into all that fun stuff with him um, and help him belong. It's just nice to to see it, like you said, through the eyes of your children. For me, I am grateful that my,
0: excuse me, my daughter and son-in-law live in Lexington. And, and yes, I love them both, and, and I'm glad they're here. But I'm glad they're here in Lexington because they're about to have their first child, which will be my first grandchild. So <laughs> I'm extraordinarily happy that we are going to be right here with them as long as they'll put up with us being right here with them <laughs> to be part of this. It, it's going to be great. They may not think having us here this close will be great, but we are
1: Oh, they off. will. Okay. Yes, <laughs> they will love it. They we will are, love it.
0: <laughs> we are standing by and ready. So, yes. yeah, no, it is. We that is every
1: parent's dream yes. to hear the grandparents say, "We are standing by and ready."
0: <laughs>
3: oh, yeah.
1: There's No greater gift. They that is their thankfulness this oh, year. As saying that. That. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I was going to say that would have changed our lives. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, we were blessed to have grandparents next door when our kids were growing up. And the way it blessed their lives is mm. undeniable. So, yeah, we're we're just thrilled about it. But, um, yeah, I, and I have to share. So my daughter had her last ultrasound yesterday, and I was unaware of how the technology has progressed since the Stone Ages when we had children. <laughs> you could see her face. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, we've just been going nuts around here. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's going to be a fun Christmas and the beginning of many new fun Christmas seasons Mm -hmm. to come. Well, I hope you each have something you are, are thankful for. Probably many things that you're thankful for this season. And giving thanks, I think, is a wonderful way to share in our worship, in our preparation for Advent this season. We have a text from First Thessalonians, and just in case you're noticing that we have slightly departed from the scope and sequence that we typically follow along with Nurturing Faith, we have departed for these last two Sundays in Advent to pick up a, a different couple of texts. Oh, they are from the lectionary, so they are related, but they are different selections from the lectionary. But I think they're just a wonderful fit. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel, would you take us away on this one?
3: I will be glad to. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's a good word for today, the third Sunday in Advent, Joy Sunday. Whenever I think of joy, I I can't help but think of the following story from about 15 years ago. My stepmother, Jenny, is a pastor, and at the time, she was just beginning a one-month sabbatical. She had given a name to her sabbatical, Faith and Family. And for this time away, Jenny had decided to travel to visit family and worship with them in her churches. North Carolina, where we were living at the time, was her first stop. So as she arrived in our home that afternoon, Jenny was tired. She was tired from driving from the D.C. area, tired from traffic, tired from working night and day for weeks, making preparations to be gone so long. She was just plain tired. Jenny comes into our living room and sinks into the lounge chair. Ella, then about four years old, that's my older daughter, she climbs into Jenny's lap. Ella says, Gigi, that's what my girls call her, Gigi, today is your birthday. And Jenny responds, no, sweetheart, my birthday was back in June. Ella says, no, Gigi, today is your birthday, and I'm going to throw you a party. And in that moment, Jenny knew, as we all know, that you don't argue with anyone who wants to throw you a party. So Ella puts a tiara on Jenny's head, a pink feather boa around her neck, and says, happy birthday, Gigi. Of that day, Jenny wrote this in her journal. We played games. We wore party hats. We sang the happy birthday song. We ate the most delicious, imaginary birthday cake in the world. Little Ella didn't care whether it was actually my birthday, and frankly, neither did I. It was one of the best birthday parties I've ever had. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. For the early Christians in the Roman Empire, Advent was a serious time. They turned within and reflected on their own lives and how they had failed to live up to God's best hope for them in the world. But in the midst of this serious and somber season, those early Christians couldn't hold back their celebration. It wasn't time yet, but still they sang some Christmas carols. It wasn't time yet, but they found themselves smiling, laughing, and throwing a holiday party or two. They knew Christmas was coming, they knew God would intervene, and they knew that the God of grace would be kind and merciful and loving. And because of that promise, they began to rejoice. They just couldn't help themselves. Over time, the third Sunday in Advent came to be called Gaudete, Latin for rejoice. So today, the third Sunday of Advent, 2023, we continue that Gaudete tradition. We celebrate joy. I'll recite it again. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You knew I was going to ask. In light of all that life brings, in light of all that we are currently going through, How are we to make sense of Paul's words to rejoice always? What about those who have lost loved ones to COVID? What about our sisters and brothers in Israel and in Gaza? What about our friends in the Ukraine or those dying of hunger in sub-Saharan Africa or those inundated with gun violence in cities and towns in our own nation? Are they to rejoice always? It almost sounds like a cruel joke. But look closely. Paul does not call us to rejoice and give thanks for all circumstances. Rather, he says we are to rejoice and give thanks in all circumstances. And there's a subtle but key difference here. We don't rejoice for COVID, for death, for divorce, for cancer, for violence, for war, for pain. But by the grace of God, we might give thanks and rejoice in, or during, and hopefully after, these difficult and painful times. Because we know that God, our good and loving parent, is always with us. Maybe that's the thing about joy. No matter how dire the situation, we are able to rejoice because we are God's children and God will take care of us. That's the source of our rejoicing. That's the source of our joy. And church, I can't explain it, but I I know it's true. And so do you, I suspect. In our happiest moments, in our darkest days, God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. And if God is with us, then we have no reason to fear. And we have every reason to be joyful. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And that's a little background on our text for today.
2: Daniel, thank you for that introduction. As you were talking and and you kept repeating, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks. it, It reminded me of how those things can change our perspective. Many years ago, I had... I had a really difficult patch in life and I had a friend who suggested that I start keeping a gratitude journal. And I was like, oh gosh, whatever. Okay, I'll keep a gratitude journal. I was kind of reluctantly started doing that. And they said, no matter what happens each day, I want you to write down three things that you're grateful for. And some days I struggled to find three things. And then some days there were like six and eight and 10. And and it, some days I forgot. So I would do two days at once. But what I found over time is that when I thought things were so awful, if I could find three things to be grateful for, it started to change my perspective. And a lot of listeners probably don't know this about me, but I can tend to focus on the negative. <laughs> Maybe you do know it about me. I don't know. Um, I can focus on and, and kind of get in that loop. And what gratitude has done for me is help me find that joy and help me to see God in my everyday, even in those really difficult days. And I'm not trying to gloss over, especially difficult times, but I do think that gratitude and that constant prayer can maybe shift our perspective a little bit to where we see that not all hope is lost, um, that God is with us. Mm. And that's what you were saying. Just kept, it just kept coming back. So thank you for repeating that over and over again. I think we needed to hear that. At least I needed to hear that multiple times.
3: Thank you for saying that crystal. I, I don't know if you've talked about gratitude journal on the podcast before, but I know we've, you've told me about it mm-hmm. and you're the reason i have a gratitude journal and have kept one <laughs> and, and so an extension that we do at our supper table every night is something that we learned from actually from first lady michelle obama when she was well i'm sure she did it before but in the white house they would still as often as possible have family dinners mm-hmm. and she they would go around the table and share what she called their roses and thorns mm-hmm. What are some things that the thorns that things that didn't go so great during the day? And then what's something that went well? And it we we certainly don't chastise anybody if they don't have any roses for the day, but. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time it's there and we. If we pay attention and if we're honest and if we reflect, we can see that.
1: For me, that change in perspective really happens in what you mentioned in your intro with focusing on how it's give thanks in all circumstances and not for all circumstances. And the thing that came to mind when you said that was that makes this then like a gracious invitation that we get to rejoice and find joy in situations. We have the ability to pray and find God in the midst of that. And it it goes on to say, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. Like the good things in life are God's will too. Often when we think of God's will, we use it to describe why something unthinkable has happened. That was just God's will. But this becoming like a gracious invitation as part of God's will is a different perspective for me to think about and not just this impossible task of rejoicing always and praying without ceasing and giving thanks in all circumstances.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a good word. You, I think you use the word invitation because Mm -hmm. when I first read this, if if you were to read, let me say it this way. If you were to read this scripture passage uh, in one hand and a newspaper in the other, it, it would feel so burdensome, I think. It would feel so... But it's it's not a burden. It's not so burdensome as, as much as it is an, an invitation yeah. to seek to th- see things from a different perspective. I'll never forget the... This was years ago. I was visiting a, a woman who, in my church at the time, who was an older woman, had just had... I think her husband had died... And then had a serious cancer diagnosis, like right after that. And I'd gone to see her and I said, I'm just so moved by your spirit of joy under these circumstances. And she said, I'm not under my circumstances, I'm on top of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? And I don't mean to be flippant, but a positive mm-hmm. spirit counts for something.
2: Mm-hmm
3: it can't hurt. <laughs> and she was leaning into this. Again, It's I don't think it's naive or stupid or flip it to say, as as long as we have life and breath and community and family, we, we can find reasons to give thanks.
0: When, when I look at these verses uh, and certainly hear the conversation we've had so far, the power of having an a particular kind of attitude, orientation toward life, an awareness of, a sensitivity to. All all these things lead me, of course, to talking about photography. Mm -hmm. So I like to take photos. And one of the things that happens when you pick up photography, even just as a hobby, is for me, I found myself noticing things I wouldn't have noticed if I wasn't If I didn't have that mindset of always be watching for that interesting angle or that contrast in light or that burst of color or that pattern, because we often think, gosh, there's a beautiful sunset. And yeah, it's gorgeous. Get a photo of that. But the desktop pattern on my phone right now is a picture I took of an old windowsill. I was walking downtown and there was this old building that had not been painted in forever. And you know how the paint gets all old and crackly and it actually was showing different colors, probably from different layers of paint. And I took a picture of that with it had some metal bars going up that were rusted. That we most of us would think that's ugly, right? But even in the midst of that which is worn out and ugly, there is beauty. And and I think the differentiator is often the way we are looking at things. And for me then, the photographer in me reads this text and thinks, this is a call to go through life paying attention to, being aware of, and watching for the places where there is good, where there is hope, where there is joy, where there is God. And for me, I found when I'm looking I'm much more likely to find. This
3: causes me to think of the very old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Mm -hmm. And I both love and don't like that hymn sometimes. It's a powerful witness and testimony, I think. But it's also, it's painful because if you know the backstory, the author of the text, I think was living in Chicago. His family was, they were all to travel to England and he sent his family on ahead and he stayed behind to finish up some business. And the ship sinks in the Atlantic and there's this haunting telegram he gets from his wife. It says, saved alone four of their children died at sea. And he sits down to pen the words and somehow is still able to say, it's well with my soul. Part of the reason I I struggle with that is I'll admit sometimes that does seem naive because I think it's okay to lament. It's okay to shake our fists at God or whomever that This is not the way the world is supposed to be. I'm also incredibly moved at the same time by folks whose faith remains such a part of of their not coming unglued. Maybe that's the way I want to say it. I don't know if this is changing the subject or whether we want to cut this question out, but it's a question that keeps coming to my mind. I wonder if part of the reason I'm able to have maybe a positive perspective on this text and that there's always some reason to give thanks is because, to be honest, I have I've had a pretty privileged life. I've Mm -hmm. not had everything hasn't gone my way, but I've not lived through what others perhaps have.
2: Thanks for acknowledging that, Daniel, because I think as I'm sitting here and when you were talking about the history behind It Is Well With My Soul, which is actually one of my favorite hymns because of the history behind it. But working with clients who have experienced trauma and walking with them through processing trauma and coming out on the other side of it changed what I have found is most people come to a point where they can find some gratitude or some connection with God and God's presence through that situation. So I think even if you're talking about coming from a place of privilege, and I still think that someone who's had, such a difficult thing happen in their lives and they can still come out on the other side of it. It takes time. It takes a lot of processing, but I've seen it and and what I say. I've said this in here before. It's I get to watch these miracles happen and renewed faith in God and God's presence in someone's life. Um, So, I think it's possible, but I appreciate you saying that because I think it is important for us to acknowledge how each of us have privileges that maybe prevent us from completely understanding where someone else is coming from or the difficulty they may have in this passage and in being told to rejoice when you don't really feel like rejoicing or there's not a lot to rejoice about at, at, in that particular moment. But I think there's be what I'm trying to say is I think that there is beauty on the other side of it. There is hope on the other side of it. I've seen it over and over again. I, I don't think I've seen a single person not have some level of healing and hope on the other side.
0: That's a good word really.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause I think a lot of us, Our thankfulness can be tinged with guilt because I think we we are gifted in such ways that we know that our lives are easier than others. (laughs) And to be grateful for that is great, (laughs) but it would be so much better if we knew others were also finding their paths to health and goodness and thriving. It's a complicated thing. You would think gratitude, rejoicing constantly, this call to an attitude of faith, a way of walking in this world, that that would be easy. (laughs) But it really, it's complicated. And the more I think we are sensitive to others, the plight of others in our world, the more we realize both our own giftedness, but also the need for us to be gifts to others. The Great Catholic theologian, Meister Eckhart, once said it very simply. He said, if the only prayer you said was thank you, that would be enough. So we will close today by saying thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I appreciate each one of you in this conversation today, and I appreciate all those who are listening in on our conversation. Thankful for the conversations you're going to have with your groups. I hope it enriches your life and empowers you to find that path of faith that sustains, even when it's not easy. Thank you all for this good conversation.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Learn more about our Faith Element Bible Study Curriculum at faithelement.net. Faith Element is a service of Faith Lab.